Welcome to Talk and Shop with Zyber, a weekly podcast dedicated to sharing expert advice, tips, and insight into e-commerce for merchants, marketing managers, and business owners. Zyber is New Zealand's leading Shopify and Shopify Plus partner with over 11 years experience helping their clients succeed online. All right, and with that, welcome back to Talking Shop with Zyber. I am Leo, and I am here with Waldo, the digital strategist. How are you doing, Waldo? Yeah, very good, mate. And yourself? I'm doing well. I had the COVID test. Oh, you did? I had that thing shoved you up my nose. You stood in the line for ages. I did, yeah. That was terrible. What's with all these people getting sick in November? Don't know. I think it just came around, it's and uh, you know, if you cough or sneeze, you automatically think you've got it. Yeah. Uh, I think they have a bit of a game, these people that shove that uh, COVID test up your nose and it's a little bit like, how far can I get it up his nose? That's <laughs> how it felt, but it's an interesting feeling. Have you had that? No, fortunate enough not to, thank you. All right. Anyway, hey, um, we've got an awesome guest today. Yeah. When we started this podcast, you said to me, I only want to talk to the people at the top. Is that right? Did you <laughs> well, not say that? I said it's, it'll probably be good for our listeners to get some people that they don't normally get access to. That is true. And so today, because we're short on time, so I'm going to get right into it. Uh, we've got the head of partnerships and sales development at Shopify Plus, Reese Furnip. My man, how are you? G'day. I'm going great. Thank you very much for having me. Very excited uh, to be joining you two fellas today. Um, but I'm going great. It's been a huge year. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm on that crawl till Christmas, like both of you probably are as well. Looking forward to a bit of a break and a lot of beach time. Uh, and a, a, lot cricket, a lot of cricket, of course. I'm looking forward oh, to uh, yes. cricket on the telly. So, so all, all things are well, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hey, awesome. And where pleasure. are you joining us from? I am on the beautiful Sunshine Coast, uh, Maroochydore in Queensland, Australia. So a lot of Kiwis holiday at Coolum, uh, which is about 10 kind of minutes north of where I am. But uh, stinking hot up here, we're in the middle of a heat wave, uh, so if I'm sweating, apologies. It's all good, it's all good. Now, for those that are listening, they cannot see this beautiful moustache that you got going on at the moment. It is, a, it is a perler. Is it something that you did specifically for Movember, or is it something you've just been wearing? It, it is a Movember hangover, so I'm a few right. days uh, over Movember now, and just, uh, just rocking it out for a little bit longer. But uh, I have had a moustache for 13 months before, so that is my That's record good. where I had the full, you know, the full handlebar that was pretty, pretty epic. Um, I'm not sure if I'll get back to that stage, but yeah, grow, growing it out, bit of fun, you know, mix things up a little bit. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, sir, I know your time is very valuable, and we're very happy to have you here. So we're going to get straight into it. Uh, we've just come out of Black Friday, Cyber Monday. What, what have you seen on your end? Yeah, massive weekend. And hot off the press. Yeah, hot off the press. Like huge congratulations to, to the retailers uh, and entrepreneurs that participated and, and did extremely well from it, particularly after the year that, that was, you know, really tough year. Um, you know, I think in Australia as well, we had the bushfires earlier in the year and, and then COVID. So a lot of, you know, challenges that retailers have had to get through and uh, not to mention the flood of digital um, you know, the, the changing consumer mindset, uh, the supply chain challenges and, and all of that. Um, the huge growth across the Shopify uh, ecosystem globally, we saw 5.1 billion. Uh, so up 76% year on year, which is, is massive. Um, 44 million plus customers. 
just just some insanely huge growth. Uh, zooming in a little bit closer to home. So unfortunately, I haven't got New Zealand specific data, um, but I do have a bit for Japan and Australia. And, and I mean, Japan grew 347% year right. over year with Black Friday. Absolutely insane. Um, and Australia, we saw 88% growth and quite a high average cart price. We saw $143 average cart price in Australia, uh, which was up from about 90 dollars uh, on the global average. Um, so interesting, Melbourne absolutely nailed it, followed by Sydney, followed by Brisbane, and then followed by Byron Bay. Um, <laughs> Byron Bay, uh, most eastern point in Australia, really cool, eclectic, uh, hippie uh, town, probably one of my favourite spots in Australia. And we have a lot of Shopify merchants there, so it was pretty cool to see them do really well as well. That's awesome. awesome. And that, that the average uh, order value that you mentioned there as well, I think that is probably evident of all the different um, retailers who jumped on board and went digital, um, who, who traditionally has a lot of retail uh, presence as well. You know, we think of beds and TVs and, and really high ticket items that would have pushed that up. Because I think when you look at such a massive data snapshot, for that one that you mentioned there to be 33% higher pretty much, I think that's the, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. But, Totally. And, and even going back a little bit, uh, you know, in April, uh, you know, peak COVID period, we saw 62% of buyers in Australia across Shopify purchase on a Shopify store for the first time ever. Wow. So when you consider the tens and tens and tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of merchants that we have, that is just a huge indicator of that changing consumer mindset, you know, that typical in-store first uh, mindset shifted. And I think we obviously saw that growth in Black Friday, Cyber Monday as, um, you know, a, a big subset of, of buyers realised that, hey, this online thing's not too bad. Um, so pretty cool. Really happy with how it went, um, went off without a hitch. And, and again, a big congrats to those the entrepreneurs and, and independent businesses that did well. Yeah, absolutely. And so you, you just made some, or you mentioned something really interesting there. A lot more people shopping on Shopify for the first time, but it's also because there is a lot more Shopify stores out there than ever before. COVID, of course, helped. Like, what are you seeing through APAC, especially Shopify and Shopify Plus, how it's just coming through? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the good thing about Australia and New Zealanders' markets, I guess, is that we're extremely entrepreneurial. And, and I think that's really our, our first key pillar of success as a, as a product. Like one in 10 Aussies and Kiwis run a business. And you compare that to one in 30 in, in the US or one in 35 in Canada, right? So whilst we might be smaller markets from a population perspective, we really punch above our weight. That's what Aussies and Kiwis are proud of, right? We, yeah. we punch above our weight. And, um, and uh, so we're a fan, just a fantastic market from an entrepreneurial perspective. But then also when you think of mid-tier retailers, we have a really strong mid-tier retail scene. You know, Amazon hasn't destroyed the retail space here yet mm. and hopefully, mm. hopefully it doesn't. Um, so our product just suits a really broad range of the market. Uh, and I think that's really where, um, where we're extremely lucky is that we can service a, a lot of people, the vast majority of, of businesses in Australia and New Zealand. And in terms of some interesting things that we've seen, like obviously we, we do well with, you know, everyone that you would think of, the fashion and lifestyle brands, the retailers, et cetera. But what's been super interesting is the innovation from businesses that we wouldn't have, have expected. Uh, so butchers, bakers, yeah. you know, these sort of um, – uh, businesses that typically haven't done anything digital, uh, and we've seen some some awesome butchers jump on board, doing millions of dollars a month in revenue. 
know. We, we, we did a podcast the other day about uh, online delivery of meats up a thousand percent in Google. So we're wow. seeing it. We are seeing yeah, some you know, niche guys coming through and just killing it. Totally, totally. So that, I think that's what makes my job so fun, right, is just seeing these, these fantastic business people innovate, use the technology to connect with their customers in different ways. And the barriers to entry are so much lower now, you know, so it allows for this sort of experimentation. And um, when it comes off and you see that success, it's just, yeah, really empowering. Yeah, there's... Um... There's a, well, it's not a perception, um, but correct me if I'm wrong. I think like Shopify globally as well, they sort of look at APAC as one of the ones that has most, uh, I don't know the word you use for it, uptake or market share compared to others. Um, is there any stats that you can share about the growth of, of APAC? And I know you've gone into new regions just recently as well. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So, um, you know, obviously Shopify has done extremely well in the Anglosphere. Canadian business, naturally a great fit for Canada, the US, UK, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, when I started four and a bit years ago, uh, I was only the second person in Australia and, and the fourth in Australia and New Zealand at the time. And I, I don't think we had anyone in, in Asia, so it's, it's pretty nice to think of that growth. But we were the um, fourth largest in terms of number of merchants. So obviously the US being first, then the UK, then Canada, then Australia. Uh, New Zealand was about fifth, I think. Uh, what's been really interesting is that this year we actually overtook Canada to be oh, the no. third in terms of the most number of merchants, which is phenomenal given Shopify is a Canadian business. And I, I let my Canadian colleagues know about this. <laughs> yeah, I, can imagine. I bet you do. Of our, our weight. But, um, but what's interesting is like obviously when you look at it from a total number of merchants, it, it only tells the story in one way. But when you do look at it per capita, um, Australia's our uh, number one, New Zealand's number two, and Singapore's number three. So we actually have three markets in the APAC region where our, I guess the word would be our market saturation is quite strong. Um, and uh, that's been the storyline that we've, we've used internally, right, to secure more resources, resources and build out the growth. So um, seeing some great growth, Australia and New Zealand are, are our kind of key markets so far, um, but we've We've spent the last couple of years really investing in Southeast Asia, investing in Japan, China, India, uh, and their long-term plans, right? You know, um, I think one of the big things that, that we try to do at Shopify is we want to be a 100-year company, so we want to build for the long-term, and that means that we make some short-term trade-offs for the medium to long-term, and uh, a lot of the work that we're doing in Asia is um, are those long-term plays that are, are really going to help us grow. And, and the good thing is, is the investments two, three years ago that we made, you know, have really started paying off this year, and you'll see us add more and more people uh, up in that part of the world, and uh, and that's pretty exciting. I think there's just this overall excitement with Shopify from someone who's gone to Shopify events and then gone to other e-commerce platform events where all the developers and everyone gets together. Like I'm like high-fiving different developers from the other side of the world about their app, you know, and then at a Shopify Unite or Pursuit event. And then at other events, it's like closed doors, dormant. This is what's happening this year. Like it, it is such a different environment. And I, I, it has to be, 
another reason for the growth of, of Shopify throughout APAC. Yeah, well, if you even just look at the BFCM live map that was available mm -hmm. online, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't know of any other platform in the world that would go and create something like that. And I think next week I'm actually part of a, a little webinar where they're going to show us how they actually put that all together, which is super exciting. But, you know, it's, um, it's kind of one of those things not not if you guys aren't afraid to uh, to sing about your successes um, and I'm sure along with all the growth that APAC experiences that means there's more partners coming on board etc what's some of the feedback you've received out there from partners yeah well I mean I guess that's the the, the ecosystem is the difference between being a product versus being a platform mm. and one of the things that we talk about a lot internally at Shopify that we're really proud of is that we actually create more value for the the partners and the ecosystem around Shopify that we capture ourselves. And you've probably seen that at, you know, Unite, our partner conference and, and um, how we show some numbers around that. We're really proud of that. And, and that's the thing is it's a self-fulfilling flywheel. You know, the more merchants we get on board, the more part work there is for partners, the more partners get on board, the more gaps start existing, right, that partners can build around and monetize. So it's this, this fulfilling uh, flywheel that, just everyone wins from it. Uh, and yeah. then we get to use that that as leverage as well in terms of how we negotiate certain products like shipping, for example, or capital or fulfillment or whatever it is that we're working on that enables any entrepreneur that's starting out in their garage or in their spare bedroom to have that cost efficiency, that scaled advantage that a huge business that's doing hundreds of millions of dollars would get. Uh, and I think that's that's the mission that we're on. We want to make commerce better for everyone. And a lot of it starts with lowering that barrier and really trying to make it easy for entrepreneurs to start. And we know that not all businesses succeed. Of course they don't. We know how hard it is to make a business succeed. But if we can at least make it easy for someone to get started and have a crack, that's a win. And a certain portion will go through and create really big, um, fantastic businesses and create economic independence for themselves. But you know, you hear from a lot of successful entrepreneurs that it's about those failed attempts. You know, you learn something every time along the way. Very rarely is your first crack a success. And I think that's what Shopify is great at, is really trying to lower that barrier for, for the entrepreneur. But then we scale right up, you know, to the fashion novas and the JB Hi-Fi's of the world that are doing billions of dollars, right? Um, and that's a great opportunity and it's extremely rare in the software space to cover such a, a wide uh, raft of, of uh, potential businesses that, that we can work with. Uh, but it's also a great opportunity. You know, gone are the days of the typical software mafia where it's upgrade cycle, upgrade cycle, upgrade mm -hmm. cycle. You reach a particular <laughs> point, you move to this technology. You reach a particular point, you move to this technology. Yeah. That's, you know, the, only the, the software kind of companies win from that. Um, and I think it's pretty cool that you can start a business on Shopify as an entrepreneur and scale it up into a billion dollar plus business uh, without changing technology. I mean, obviously, there's there's parts around Shopify that you need as you get more complex, but um, I think that's pretty cool that at least your e-commerce platform can scale from start to um, to billions. Yeah, I love how you call it the. You talk about that flywheel. I feel like this flywheel is actually you know powering a bloody steam train, and that's what Shopify is really. Um, you mentioned about scalability and that sort of thing. Like, what are some of the challenges that you've seen out there with larger brands, like you just mentioned, um, at the moment, and, and sort of with all this rapid uh, changes and deployment that's happening. Yeah, it's a really tough one because it's been it's been a really hard year, obviously, for a lot of a lot of bigger brands. Um, so I don't want to slam them too much, but of course, there's always room for for improvement, right? And and I think 
we've seen a pretty big difference in those that have spent the last um, you know five years or so investing in those digital foundations have been geared up for lockdown and i know in new zealand obviously essential services only being able to be shipped and things like that which that that's very extremely challenging so i want to call out how hard that would have been for a lot of kiwi businesses but you know overall the way that we kind of see it is the 2030 is being brought forward to 2020 you know, the percentage of total online retail sales that we thought we would get to in 2030 is here, you know. And from a customer perspective, sometimes you get pushed in a change, but you seldom retreat. You know, so like I mentioned earlier, with 62% of of buyers in Australia buying through a Shopify store for the first time ever in April, they've continued on buying. And that's great because in March, they probably wouldn't have seen themselves buying something online online. And there they are in April buying for the first time. And here they are over the Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend, just gone and, and they're purchasing as, as a regular habit. Um, so it's been a really interesting year, I think, watching a lot of large brands innovate, which isn't easy to do, particularly given the structure and, and just the overhead that they have. So, you know, hats off to them. I think a couple of things that I often see that stand out to me is that, and, and this is natural human behavior, we're very fixated on causation uh but we, we've in a lot of ways we haven't quite gotten a correlation and and what i guess i mean by that is that there's certain things you know you both know in the digital marketing world around multi-channel attribution and you know we hear of all of this single view of the customer and these sort of things and they are all great things and we need to keep pushing towards that but we're not at the point of causation with a lot of that stuff we need to focus on being directionally correct and making good decisions around being directionally correct, not waiting to understand full causation because, you know, it's like if, if we're in the middle of a war and we sit in the tent planning forever, you know, guess what's going to happen? You, you know, you're going to be surrounded pretty quick. So there's a point where you have to make great decisions quickly around that directional context. So I think that's an important thing that I see. Um, the other thing that I think is important to call out is that just coming back to that structure point I mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of large retailers have people with certain skill sets that they've built up over being in operating for, for tens and tens of, of years, right? So um, that means that there's a lot of technical resources often within these businesses. And we are seeing this shift, right, which, which you both would be seeing all day every day is that the customer's moving faster than what the retailers and technologies have been able to keep up with. So when we're working with businesses that have a lot of technical resources, obviously they, they want to divert to very technical solutions because there's that's hard. Like this is change management, right? Like we're, we're needing to push them more towards marketing, customer service, fulfillment, like these type of roles. And, um, and that's change management. And, and I get that a lot of technical resources sitting in some brands that need to move quick. It's, it's a bit threatening, you know, that, that's really hard. Um, but I hope that we see from that some really technically savvy marketers that push out uh, into the, the talent pool over the next five to 10 years because the talent pool always plays a, a bit of catch up to demand in terms of the roles are, that are needed. So I think that kind of flows into my third point is that leadership across a lot of these larger brands is really at a, at a point where change management is key. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we... How do we try to prevent some of that short-term, um, you know, kind of visibility around what our talent pool wants based on what they know uh, versus building for that medium to long-term and ensuring that we can uh, set ourselves up in a way that um, allows us to be successful in five, ten years' time 
you know, not trying to appeal to, to what people within the business want right now. So I think that change leadership, um, change management, sorry, is, is a really big area that we need to see across a lot of big retailers and some are doing that really well. Uh, yeah. My final call out RFPs. I hate RFPs. Uh, don't we all? <laughs> so I still see a lot of RFPs come yeah. across our, our, our desk. And um, look, I, I'm sure that there's a time and a place for them. Uh, but, you know, I, I think making a decision on a checklist is extremely dangerous. Mm. Um, and, and I see a lot of um, RFPs that just want to replace technology that already exists with a different technology. And it's kind of like, well, why, why are we all here? So, Again, going back to my last point around that change management and uh, re-pivoting resources internally, uh, I think we have to be a lot more future focused. You know, where where do we need to be in five years' time? How do we get there? Not not going through a checklist of all of these things that we think we need right now. Um, it's more where do we need to be? What are the barriers to getting there? The technology is just an accelerator to that point. The technology doesn't make or break it. Um, of course, you do need good technology to help you be agile and, and move as quick as the as the customers are. Um, but future minded, that that I think is really critical. We a lot of short term decision making digs the hole deeper, medium and long term. I think you nailed it um, there, Reese. Uh, Wald and I were discussing, like you said, what we see all day, every day. There are managers, there are you know uh, leaders that understand what's happening and understand that there has to be a big shift internally. Uh, there are some that still think this is just a website change where we come in and say, no, 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 this is a whole restructure of everything you've got going on here. This affects every department. How does the help desk guy, you know, work with the website? How do your pick and pack guys downstairs, you know, work with the website? Um, and like you said, there's, there's, there's some that are a bit afraid of it. They think, oh, automation's going to come in. My role's gone. Yeah, I see two things also there is people who don't take that into consideration get caught out afterwards. The ones who are successful actually um, discuss this with all of their teams beforehand. They get people involved yeah. a lot earlier on in the piece. They're the ones that we like. Five years ago would have never been sitting in a room with a digital strategist talking about the next 10 years of the business. You know, He was just the guy that ran orders down to dispatch. Well, that's completely changed now because that is a critical role. Um, so the two key things that, you know, major takeaways that I agree with from what you just said there, uh, Reese, is um, people who are, are a lot more um, open to trial and error as well now than what they were five years ago. You know, um, people are more of the mindset, well, we won't try three things and then maybe one works. We try 10, and if three of those work, we're a lot better off. Um, and so that's a really good thing to see. Yeah, and, and there's also this kind of macro environmental pressure that's pushing action as well, right? Like when you when you zoom out and you look at just the number of direct-to-consumer or pure-play brands that are, are being powered by, you know, a Shopify, um, and then also Amazon and, and what they're doing, mm. it does create action. And, and that's a, a good thing is that, you know, big big brands and retailers know they can't rest on their laurels. You know, there, there's a lot of innovation that, that has to happen. And I think um, that action is certainly a good thing because it, it has to happen. Um, so that, that certainly you know, provokes that action amongst the, the board level and also the, um, the entrepreneurial folks on the ground that are, are working with legacy technology and kind of seeing what's happening in, in the broader space. So, so that helps. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to switch gears a bit. Uh, fulfillment Centre that Shopify had brought out, of course, in the States. Uh, have we got anything like that yet in Australia? 
No, we don't. Uh, still in the States, uh, being pressure tested as we speak. I, th- I can't remember how many fulfillment centers we're up to now, um, but we've got a few. Um, so not coming to this part of the world yet. Uh, would certainly love it to. So well, we'll... Would, we, would we ever? I mean, for those that don't understand this, it's uh, uh, the, the old, you know, everything gets picked and packed for you with AI robotics. Um, and it's all, it can be branded to your... Um, store rather than Amazon, it's the Amazon box. Mm. You you actually get to see the order. You actually get to see the email or who the person is, not like what Amazon does. So uh, it's it's going to be amazing because a lot of our clients are now already starting to use for it in the states. You know, if they're based here in New Zealand, but they sell in the states, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool, really cool. Um, yeah, the, the the good thing again is that it, it gives scale advantage to smaller businesses. So typically, fulfillment centers are very much out of reach of a lot of small small and even medium sized businesses. Um, so that's going to be one big advantage is that it just levels the playing field again. Uh, but you're right, uh, huge opportunity for Shopify, um, a huge way that we can help a lot of small and medium businesses. And obviously, larger businesses will use it too. Uh, so we'll be fighting to get it into uh, into our region here as soon as we can. Uh, I can yeah. promise you that. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, well, I mean... Some of the other key things, I was just like, I was actually typing what you said earlier because I really wanted to remember that point, and uh, I will, absolutely. But um, other parts of your role and, and more the human element, like what have you, have you had any direct conversations with people out there? Um, what are their plans for 2021? This is what I'm really interested in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess um, from the Shopify side, we, we want to take Shopify to more of the world. You know, the, the world needs more Shopify. So so that's a really exciting journey that we're going to, to kind of continue to go on. And, and our, our fundamental belief is that we need more choice. You know, we, we want to put power into the hands of the many opposed to power in the hands of the few when it comes to, to retail. So so we want to keep lowering that barrier to entrepreneurship. Um, you know, it's impactful work. It's, you know, our mission is making commerce better for everyone. Shopify is very mission oriented and it, it makes um, makes it very easy to get up in the morning and, and uh, direct us in, in the right way with the decisions that we make. Um, so look, I think we're hoping to see more and more entrepreneurs continue to innovate. Um, I think we're, we're probably all looking forward to getting rid of 2021 not that not that 20 sorry 2020, 2020 I'm, already, yeah. I'm already in the future well <laughs> i was just gonna say we're not sure what 2021 looks like yet i think we're a little bit uh, luckily uh, well we're lucky and isolated from the rest of the world who's we going are. through a bit of a panic still but yeah 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 we can't yeah. wait for 2021 it's gonna be huge let's go yeah that that's right and, and look I, I haven't got a crystal ball but but i think that um We've definitely seen 2030 come down to 2020. Um, we're going to have more people in that digital mindset expecting a particular experience online. Um, and uh, I'm very excited to see how entrepreneurs and, and retailers ad- continue to adapt to that. I mean, there's already been huge, huge um, innovation. So, um, look, I'm trying to think what, what I would specifically see. I think this year... Uh, we've seen challenges around supply chain. We've seen Black Friday, Cyber Monday kick off early. Uh, we saw supply chain issues all the way back for Father's Day. I, I know Australian mm-hmm. Post announced um, some pretty early cutoff dates back in September for Father's Day. So so I think it's been a year of scrambling yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to keep up, to adapt around store closures, you know, um, to adapt around uh, what's an essential service, um, 
So I think it's been a scramble year. So in terms of next year, I think we just get back to a little bit of normality and hopefully we see that digital demand continue to, to stay nice and high. Yeah. I think so many businesses have had learnings through this year and sectors as well, including, say, Australia Post as an example. I saw an interesting stat that they were up 80% this year compared to what they were last year. That forces change, right? Um, and, hey, change is, always, change is never a bad thing. Um, it always leads to, big, to, to bigger and better things. So, yeah, we're just like you, looking really forward to 2021. And uh, we know that there's a few cool things on the horizon, uh, both at Shopify and just in the tech space in general. Um, and just, yeah. Awesomely, but be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely, Reese. Look, my only last question is, uh, how high do I have to go to get some stats about New Zealand? You know, I know you're the head <laughs> of partnership and sales development of Shopify Plus. I must be talking to the right guy who's going to give me some stats next time, right? Oh, I know. I'm, I'm not quite sure why we haven't got stats for New Zealand. You know, we, we always joke that we forget forget the poor Kiwis. Uh, I know. We, we love the Kiwis. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I'll have okay, to. We love you back. Yeah, we love you back. Don't worry. We've got some stats from all of our clients and we are publishing that out um, awesome. soon. A lot of case studies coming out. We saw some great numbers happen here. Uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. It is getting bigger and bigger every year and uh, it, it does make our role very I can't exciting. believe three weeks ago someone asked me, why would I ever run a Black Friday, Cyber Monday deal? Wow. Now look. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's interesting, I know we're kind of going going off track here a little bit. but That's uh, what we do here. Yeah, <laughs> we love it. The... <laughs> We actually saw, I can't, it was 80-something percent year-over-year growth on Shopify for the week prior to Black Friday, Cyber Monday as well. So right. you know, we're, we're really seeing it move from being that weekend to being the entire month of November. Yes. So we obviously have, we have Click Frenzy November 10 in Australia. We have Singles Day in Asia yeah. November 11. And then we kind of get into, I think Amazon Prime Day was mid-November, maybe the 14th or 15th. And then we kick into Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Uh, late November. So uh, it was interesting seeing, uh, and, and a lot of our data was, because we, we do a survey with our merchants, was saying that a lot of merchants were going to kick off early, um, mm -hmm. try to capture that share of wallet early. But it was an interesting challenge around uh, supply chain. So what products they actually had to sell, how they managed that accordingly. And then also understanding that a lot of people over Black Friday, Cyber Monday this year were gifting as well right. as buying for themselves where in years gone by, we've typically seen Black Friday, Cyber Monday is more of a buy for myself type event, and then people yeah. buy the gifting stuff throughout December. So we saw that increase, and I think that's because of the supply chain side of things in that, you know, we've been trained throughout the year to expect some delays. You know, I mentioned the Father's Day example before. So so really interesting. So no doubt that has helped um, really push the, the volume up as well. Yeah, that's a really interesting stat. Good to know because uh, we could probably educate more next year if that is the pattern continuing. But we definitely uh, advised all of our merchants to start a little bit earlier, try and grab those dollars before you know your competitor does. So it has been a really interesting year. And um, Singles Day, you mentioned it. You know, people laughed at me two years ago when I said get ready for Singles Day. Now it's been taken a little bit more serious. So uh, November is a lot of fun, uh, but you have to start planning. You know. <laughs> June, July for it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to 2021. And with, within that, Reese, um, I think it's been awesome talking to you, getting a little bit of an insight uh, from a high level from where you are. And um, look, is there any final words you want to you wanna let us know about? Oh, look, um, I, I guess just, just again, thanking all of the merchants and, and uh, you know, retailers, entrepreneurs out there. Really tough year. Um, so just the resilience and the innovation we saw, I thought was awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, look, absolute pleasure to, to chat with you both. I've been wanting to jump on the podcast for a little while. Um, oh. So thanks. 
Thanks for having me. And um, thank you for all of your, your support over in New Zealand as well. We really appreciate it. And can't wait for 2021. We'll uh, rip into it after a, a bit of a break and a little bit of cricket and the odd bench. Go the, and- go the black caps is what I was going to say. Yep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Really <laughs> looking knew- forward to that. I knew that was steering the wrong way. <laughs> I think there's a Boxing Day test this year at the MCG, isn't it? It's uh, Kiwis versus Australia, so it should be really good. Are they, uh, have we got that, or is it India? I think it's Aussie. It India? India. Oh, have I got my date, my years oh, uh, wrong? I'll send you a text. I'll send you a text when we win, mate. So <laughs> <don't worry about laughs> it. I'll never forget you guys kicking around San Francisco at Shopify Unite years ago in the All Blacks gear. Absolutely. Oh yeah, that was us. You know, we were we were kind of thinking about doing the haka on stage, but then we're like, oh, this might be inappropriate. Like, oh, but we were cool. tempted. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Cool. No, I love it. Kiwis, absolute characters. Love what, love the energy and passion that you guys bring to the ecosystem. So thanks for everything yeah. that you do. Thanks, hey, Reese. Our pleasure.